0: Hey, I'm Lauren. I'm Steph. And this is Design Beat.
1: Hey, hey, Lauren here. And you're listening to Design Beat, where we share the stories of creative women who dance to the beat of their own drum. We hope you come away uplifted, inspired, and encouraged to go for it. Today we're talking with Simone Wilder from Simon & Moose. She is a full-time graphic designer by day, amazing lettering artist by night. She has some really cool creative processes and uses some unique methods and materials to create her artwork. So it was really fun to hear the behind the scenes on that. Before we get started, for those of you who missed it, last week we launched a graphic design contract template. Thank you so much! For all of those who showed up and supported us on that, you can check it out at designbeatpodcast.com slash contract. It is a thorough, peer-reviewed contract made in collaboration with my lawyer, Kirstie Miller. I always say hiring your own lawyer is the best option, but a contract template like this drafted by a lawyer is the next best option and a super affordable option too. So check that out. Again, designbeatpodcast.com slash contract. I'll link it in the show notes. And here's Simone. Okay, first one. What's your favorite work snack?
2: Uh, My favorite work snack is super gross. I eat uh, eat mussels because they have omega-3s and it's just like a, I don't know. It makes me feel like 10% fancier than... I could. 10%.
3: That is awesome.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love seafood. So that doesn't sound. That
0: doesn't. Sound I had gross the best mussel bowl in Santa Barbara. They were, had like this yummy soft. I don't know how. How do you like cook it? How do you prepare it to eat it?
2: I I get them like already prepared, and it's like in this olive okay. like garlic olive oil type of thing. Are they already mm. shelled,
1: or are they still mm-hmm. still have the shell on? Yeah. That sounds like a Trader yeah. Joe's type of thing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you could probably find it at Trader
1: Joe's. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm inspired. It sounds so good. I know. I that sounds really good. I want to try that. Um, okay, beach or mountains?
2: Uh, mountains, I think.
1: Mm. Maybe. Do you like hiking mm-hmm. or just like being in the mountains?
2: I don't think I do like hiking, but I also haven't really been like on a solid hiking trip. Yeah. Um, so, I also haven't been to, like, really great mountains, so I don't know why I'm seeing mountains. <laughs>
1: hey, mountains are <laughs> <But, and> mountains. <laughs> yeah.
2: I've done the beach thing, and the beach is cool, but I can't do, like, a week long of just sitting on the beach for eight hours. It's a little too mm. much for me.
1: Yeah. I always say I like hiking, but I'm like, can I even say a hike? Mine are mild. <laughs> like, just an excuse to be in the mountains type of yeah. thing. And I'm walking so i call it a hike. Yeah. i
2: don't know <laughs> i just i just want to walk up to the good view five minute walk up to the good view take a good picture and then peace out
1: yeah yeah i like yeah that i like the sound of that 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 sounds like a good mountain if you
0: guys like that go to iceland because oh, that's it's like list. it's kind of like hiking um but like you said it's just like it's a very short walk to wherever it is you want to go and see So it's not really hiking,
1: but then you get the really amazing
0: views. Yep, highly recommend.
2: That sounds
1: like the move. It looks amazing from the photos, so it is. It is on my list. (laughs) Okay, last one. What's your favorite song?
2: Oh gosh, that's tricky. Um, I I like this song uh, "Red Room" that is kind of new within the last probably a couple months by Hiatus Coyote. So I know I always like tell people about this band and I just know nobody's going to listen and it's (laughs) weird. (laughs) I'm going to look it up after this though.
1: Okay, I lied. One more rapid fire. What's your favorite creative tool?
2: I think I would say my iPad, but I also like to create like textures and stuff with other random things, but it's not like usually one... Saw, like one thing it's just like whatever whatever works in the moment so yeah. i guess i gotta stick with the ipad
1: okay i am excited to talk about your creative process that's on the list of i saw recently
0: you that. were experimenting with this super i guess inky paper or something yeah. where it like completely bled
3: mm-hmm.
2: that was cool yeah, anyway i just saw yeah, that i and... got some label paper recently just mm-hmm. to like you know ship stuff with and I was like let me just see about printing my return address just to make things easier and I got the wrong label paper and I printed it out and it just like at first it looked great but I left it sitting for like five minutes and it just like completely like bubbled up and bled and I was like this is not what I need for shipping but this does look really cool (laughs) (laughs) I could probably do something with this that is so so cool
1: Because most people would just be like fail, throw away. But it's so cool <laughs> that you could like see it for what it was and yeah. run with it and the accidents make something are the best cool best out stuff. of it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so inspiring. Okay, do you want to give us just a little background on you? Tell us a little about yourself and how you got into design.
2: Yeah. So I am uh, primarily a lettering artist. Um, I also have a full-time job, uh, where I am a senior designer. So kind of designing on all sides of life and, uh, hustling, burning the candle on both things (laughs) type of thing. But I, I, uh, decided to go to school for design. I had never like really taken solid art classes or anything. I was just like, this might be something I could be interested in. Um, and so I just tried it Mm. and gotten into it and loved it and uh, I went to kind of a small Christian school, and the art program was really terrible, so I had to do a lot of uh, figuring stuff out on my own and I think that 's kind of um, become somewhat of my ethos as a designer is kind of just using what 's at my fingertips um, and yeah. kind of just down and dirty trying to figure it out as I go, kind of building the raft as i as I sail
1: I love that so did you how long have you been? working as a graphic designer
2: um so when i graduated i guess i i was officially like full time a designer but i was freelancing kind of on the side when i was still in school so it's probably been about uh eight years
1: okay cool that's cool that's like me yeah so um what what's the company you're working for as senior graphic designer
2: Um, It's an agency based out of Chicago called Simon Myers. They do um, a lot of branding, advertising, some um, environmental design, uh, experiential design, and then a little bit of digital and strategy as well.
1: Cool. so cool. So you're doing that full time Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then doing like lettering on the side? Yep. Your studio, and your studio is called Simon and Moose, right? Yep, that's right. How did you come up with the name Simon and Moose?
2: Um, it is somewhat named after my brother and I. So um, my name is Simone. And uh, growing up, a lot of people just called me Simon because I guess Simone is harder. <laughs> I don't know. But my and then my little brother, um, he hit puberty really hard, really fast before all of his peers. So we called him Moose or Sasquatch. And so um, it's just kind of a combination of our nicknames.
1: That is so cute.
0: Does your brother work with you then kind of doing your stuff or is it just like a fun name?
2: It, it definitely started out as a fun name, kind of one <laughs> of those I'm trying to make myself seem like more than one person <laughs> type yeah. of deal, but uh, he went into design as well. And so occasionally I'm able to pass off projects to him that um, I'm not able cool. to take on. So that's, that's been kind of a fun, fun thing, seeing him come up and, and working with him from time to time.
1: Cool. Is he your younger brother? Yeah, yep. Cool. So it's a family business. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> That's so cool. Um so have you always been creative? Did you always know you wanted to be a graphic designer?
2: I think I think I've always been creative. I don't I didn't start out wanting to be a graphic designer. I think, you know, I I grew up seeing show, like all the doctor shows and stuff on TV, and I was like, "Oh, I want to do that! I want to do that!" And then um, I found out that you have to go to school for um, way too many years—forever, for my liking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think just uh, kind of looking at my notes growing up and seeing the sketches and the margins, and and noticing there's kind of a creativity there. I think that's kind of where it started, and and then um kind of enjoying you know the the stupid art classes that they make you take in junior high and kind of connecting those dots and then in school kind of just hitting the ground running and and majoring in design is kind of where it took off so i think the creativity's always been there but it's yeah. it's definitely taken a bit to kind of form into to what it is now
1: yeah did you declare your major right away as graphic design
3: yeah mm-hmm. that's,
1: that's so like cool me. I walked in the first day, and I was like, I'm
0: declaring my major. And they were like, okay, what year are you? And I was like, it's my first day. (laughs)
3: Okay. (laughs) Just got to leave a face. Trust yourself.
1: (laughs) So since you always kind of enjoyed being creative and everything, did you have a moment where it clicked and you knew you wanted to do it professionally?
2: Oh, man. I... I don't know if there's like a singular moment, but I know in high school, I was always kind of drawn to like, we'd have a computer lab where we'd have like a free hour or I was waiting for my parents to come pick me up. And I was always kind of on these design blogs, not really knowing what they were, but just being interested by everything there. And I think that was kind of the first time I even knew that design was something you could do as a job and make money and... I think that's probably the first time I realized that that was an option. Uh-huh. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess somewhere between there and going to school, I figured out that that's what I wanted to do.
1: Also, it's always nice when what you think you want to do actually is what you want to do.
2: Yeah, yeah it <laughs> saves you, you a little time in life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so what challenges did you face as you were starting out as... graphic designer
2: i think the biggest challenges um i faced were just like lack of resources um like lack of cash really (laughs) because you you know you go to you go to art school and they don't tell you before you get there that like this costs money it's not just like show up with your computer and and go like you have to buy all these supplies and um and because my program was not great if I had to invest, you know, additional time and resources into getting what I, I thought I really needed. And so that was the hardest part is like, how do I, how do I make this work without, you know, having all the cash I need to get all the supplies. And so, um, I don't know. I think that's like the, the physical hard part. I think the other hard part is, uh, navigating (laughs) my mental health and how that relates to, uh, working too much and, and finding balance and and everything, I don't know. And dealing with figuring out who I am and what that means with my art, and you know, all, all the big the big question marks you kind of face at at this point in life, I guess are are big challenges I'm facing right now.
1: Hmm. So if you could go back and tell yourself something, give yourself advice, what would you tell yourself when you were starting out?
2: I think I'd probably say, um, like, you're good enough uh, and you don't need to be as good as your heroes right now. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's kind of like this whole comparison, you know, thing. And they always say comparison is the thief of joy. And, like, that's Mm -hmm. so true. You're comparing yourself to everybody you see on socials and online. And it's just like some of these people have been doing this for 10 20 years you can't you know get down on the fact that you are (laughs) leagues behind them because you are actually leagues behind them right that's that's why you know
1: don't compare yourself to anyone especially not your heroes Mm -hmm. (laughs) learn from them yeah (laughs) (laughs) but don't compare yourself to them
2: yeah it's a Um, dangerous place to be
1: yes for sure What's the best advice you've received from someone else?
2: Hmm. I always say this is like the worst and the best advice, but I had a a boss at one of my like college summer jobs who told us, um, and this wasn't a design job. It was just kind of like a extra cash type of situation. But he was, he told us you are replaceable.
3: Mm. So
2: I feel like that kind of was, uh It helps me keep in mind that I need to be the you know kind of the best I can be um yeah. in all in all my like job situations i can't just you know slack around and and think I'm gonna get by because i I could get fired and they'll find someone just as good as me if not better to to take my job so I think you know a lot of times when you're growing up there's all of these um ooey gooey phrases that are like you're so unique and you're irreplaceable and all this stuff and it's like yes that is true to a degree but you still kind of have to put your best foot forward because we live in a world where you can be replaced and you will be replaced if you're not getting the job done
1: right never get too comfortable yeah
0: i i also heard this recently so i love that you mentioned mental health because that's a big thing that like a big part of my journey was figuring out all of that um but it's the same concept of, like, you are replaceable in that the company who hired you, they don't, like, care about your well-being. <laughs> it's your job to care about your well-being. And, yes, yep. you are replaceable. Mm-hmm. And if you work yourself down to the bone, they're going to be like, well, sorry, you're not doing your job. See ya. We're going to get someone else. Like,
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's wow. There's definitely, like two sides to that coin it's like do your best Mm -hmm. but also you know take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do it you have to take care of yourself
1: right that's such a good point and they're replaceable too in your life
2: yeah yeah if the
1: job isn't a good fit for you either
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's definitely something i have to remind myself of often because um I'm, I don't like change. And so I'll just stay somewhere forever and ever, even Mm. if it's not a good fit. And so I think there, I kind of have to like set checkpoints for myself. Like if you are complaining about this job, you know, in six months still, then you have to do something about it. It's not the job that's going to change. Like you have to make that change. Mm. And so I don't know. It's, it's hard to like do that and say that to yourself all the time, but I feel like it's kind of a, a good way to keep moving and stay out of stay out of getting stuck, I guess.
1: Right. It's always good to have those check-ins with yourself.
3: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I do have other options. Is this still working? Yeah. While still being grateful for what you have and where you're at. and... And
0: Lauren talks too about how, um, so we're both like freelancers. We don't work for companies, but, um, oftentimes we'll look through like, you know, the job boards and, you know, companies yeah. hiring. We're like, oh, like, you know, we could do that job. Um, But then that's when you sit there and we think, okay, like, I may be complaining because, you know, I'm on my own. What do you have to do with all this stuff with, you know, running my own business? Um, mm-hmm. But I'm choosing it.
3: Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I see
0: all my options and I'm still choosing it. Mm-hmm. And it's that deliberate, what is it, intentional choice. Yeah. They have to keep yeah. making
1: yeah.
3: And
0: not everything about your job is going to be perfect or easy, but you know, you keep choosing it and then that's where you go and you adapt and, but yeah, you do have the choice to choose to leave or stay, but it's your choice that you make. And then you make that decision and you live with it until you're ready to change it again.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and I'm the opposite where I love change and I hate feeling like I'm tied down or trapped to something and so that's my way of kind of working through that is like there's these jobs available to me that I could apply for if I wanted to (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm choosing not to right now and I am deciding and recommitting to where I'm at right now yeah
3: Yeah.
1: um so as a full-time graphic designer and running your studio on the side What does an average day look like for you?
2: So I think probably five years ago, I would have had a really different answer. It would have just been like nonstop working all day, you know, do the nine to five, come home, work until 11 or 12 at night. And I have uh, gone through enough uh, depressive seasons in my life to learn that I I have to put in some boundaries. And so I think um, now it is, do the nine to five obviously i still have to <laughs> bring home the the real money and then mm. um i usually will work maybe a couple hours on something if i'm if i get into it i'll work a little bit longer in the evenings and then that's it um kind of i try to make sure that i'm still you know eating dinner at the same time and kind of doing the same routine and shutting it down um at a good time and then on the weekends if if it fits i'll I'll do some more work then too but if it doesn't then you know i'm i try to enjoy my weekends and still have some solid structure just so that i can stay sane and um make sure that i'm you know not getting stuck in unhealthy patterns that lead to burnout a little bit quicker
1: yeah hmm. that's so important to talk about how I think the hustle can be glamorized a lot where mm-hmm. it's like work your nine to five, come home, do your side business in t- late hours of the night. And I think it's so important to talk about the mental health aspect of that and yeah. how you need to prioritize that and actually be intentional about how you're going to feel after you're, staying up all night or mm-hmm. whatever it may be.
2: Yeah, I and I think it too, especially as creatives, it's harder because like I'm doing this thing that I love for money and as my mm-hmm. job and so I feel the the opportunity to get burnout is greater, I think in those cases just because um you know, you're you're creating things that are so personal to you and constantly mm-hmm. um right. Getting feedback that is for your work, but it's still because it's so personal, it can take a bigger hit sometimes. For you, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just like, especially with full time and freelance, I'm getting it, you know, at work, and then I, you know, get it with my freelance projects, and so it's it can be a lot, and so I just have to I have to be really careful about that balance.
1: Yeah, it can really be a lot. There's a lot of opportunities as a creative to be vulnerable and to get shot down (laughs) and have your ego hurt. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I am hard on myself a lot too. There's a lot of opportunities to be hard on yourself where like, oh, I'm not, this isn't coming out the way I want it to. I'm not, um, like I'm doing what I love, but I'm still getting burnt out. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to be grateful that I can do what I love and yeah, it can be really taxing.
2: Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not great when it's not great, but it is. (laughs) I mean, if that makes sense, like it just, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's good when it's good and it's, it really isn't when it's not. So you just have to, I mean, it's just more taking care of yourself. And I think I, I feel really grateful and privileged to have, now I have an agent, and I have got you know a good group of friends who help me with uh, some of the you know the communication and the business side of things. So mm, I am awesome. able to kind of set those boundaries without feeling like I'm dropping the ball in too many places.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Can I ask that's about so that great. too? Like, how did all of that transpire? Where, right? You're part of Co Loop, right? And all of the amazing designers that are in there. How how did that? come about I guess
2: um I feel like it it was weird and I don't think that it probably would happen a second time like this but (laughs) um I I have been kind of in the lettering world and I I like have you know, lettering friends who I probably most I've never met in real life, just you know, talk to on Instagram and all that stuff. And those are the best. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I know one guy, Ade Hogue. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's another letterer, and he he was a part of Co Loop um, before I was, and um, just with all of the craziness that went down last year um, with the George Floyd stuff, my work just like blew up out of nowhere. And Mm. all of a sudden I was getting projects that uh, were more complicated on the business side to handle. And I was talking to him about some of that. And I was just like, and and we've had this conversation before. He's like, why don't you just work with an agent or something? And I'm like, why would I give someone money for something I'm already doing myself yeah. and yeah. um i'd always just been like i'm i'm not interested in that but with the influx of work and the complications of some of the projects i was just like i i can't <laughs> like manage these mm-hmm. contracts and these communications myself and it just feels um like the clients are bigger and i don't want to mess up so the anxiety was getting higher and so I, was, I reached out to him. I was like, okay, send me, send me a number. I'll, you know, I, don't, I don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. And so I started working with his agent, um, who is the head of co or one of the heads of Co-Loop. Um, and we kind of just were organically kind of filling it out and working together um, for about six months. And then uh, they, they asked me if I wanted to kind of be an official part of co Um, earlier this year and that's kind of how it happened so I think that's kind of their move is to kind of date (laughs) artists Mm -hmm. at first um, before kind of making that commitment making sure you know it's a good fit and and we collaborate well and so that's kind of how it happened
1: that's really cool so do you want to tell us what Kaloop is Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I know we both we're big fans of creative pep talk over here and so (laughs) we've (laughs) <laughs> We're familiar with Andy and everything, but do you want to, for our listeners, tell them? Yeah. Just a quick description of it.
2: Yeah. So it's, um, I guess, an an agency, but uh, of artists, a group of artists um, that are represented, and um, it's it's different, I would say, from most agencies or artist representation, um, and that like, this is a really unique group of artists who have very specific talents, um, and have, you know, pretty solid platforms kind of to begin with. And CoLoop really kind of just, um, elevates what's already great. I think, um, they're able to one provide kind of that singular platform of artists, like here's our roster, but also kind of support what we've already got going. Um, and so there, I don't, and it's, it's different for each artist. I think some artists are very like dialed in and don't need as much help from specific agents. Um, and then there's like the me who has no idea what they're doing. (laughs) And so I have, I have, um, Ryan, my agent who, you know, handles a little bit more for me and, and, you know, does emails and schedules and, um, whole handful of things but it's it really just kind of takes the pressure uh, off of me and it kind of leaves as much room as possible for me to really truly just do art and um, it puts the joy back into it for me at least and and I'm sure the other artists kind of feel the same but I think it's just it's great because these are really truly nice people they're great collaborators and it's it's a really good group it's not just you know 50 random illustrators from all over the world under Mm -hmm. you know one name it's a, a good group of friends and um for me they're great mentors and it's I don't know it's I feel really honored to even be next to these huge names
1: that's so cool it seems like a really amazing group
2: yeah yep I it it feels super intimidating, um, intimidating being next to all these people. But they, like, truly just getting on calls and chats with them. They're all so down to earth, and it, you would just never. I don't know. Some they always say don't meet your heroes, but these guys are uh, <laughs> exceptions to the rule.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Um, so speaking of creative pep talk, I just listened to your episode um and you talked a little bit about your process your creative process um I'd love to hear more about that
2: Yeah um I think kind of like I mentioned my process comes down to not necessarily always having the tools that I think that I need for a project and trying to just make it work with what I have at my fingertips and um, trying not to rely too much on the digital aspect of things, even though that's, I mean, that's, that's the job. <laughs> and I think there are, you know, the iPad is amazing because it makes things a hundred times easier and saves paper mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But um, I think a big part of my work is trying to uh, keep the tactile feel and make sure it still feels like this real thing that you can touch and interact with. So I usually, you know, start out with a sketch on the iPad or on paper if I'm feeling old school, and um, I'll you know create this thing that probably feels really clean and perfect. And then I, I get this thing, and it's like, okay, how can I mess it up now? How can I um, you know make it feel like something you can touch? And so uh, it depends on the work, but sometimes I know I've mentioned this a couple of other places, but I'll I'll breathe. Um, on the back of my phone camera like hot breath um, so it fogs up and then I'll smear it with my finger just to give it kind of this like retro tv vibe and sometimes so I'll cool. um, throw tracing paper over the top just to kind of um, fog up the the artwork or um, like I mentioned before I'll, <laughs> now I'm gonna start throwing things through the printer on some bad label paper um, <laughs> yeah but I think it's like the happy accidents are like my favorite ways to kind of make the the texture, I guess, come alive for lack of a better way to put it. Um, but that's, that's kind of the main process. And then, you know, bringing it back digitally and um, because I don't actually know how to use Photoshop really well, I just press a lot of buttons until something cool <laughs> happens. So <laughs> I think I'm, I'm like, um, big on just i don't know just doing whatever flows in the moment which i know is so cheesy but i because i didn't like you know go to an amazing art school and learn all the technical skills perhaps the same way that others did i'm just like how can i make my lack of knowledge work work in my favor and i think that's kind of um a huge part of what i love about my process
3: Oh, That's really so cool.
0: inspiring. Do you remember like the first time you kind of played with that, um with your own method? Like, what was there like a thought process? Was there something that you saw that you were like, "Oh, I should, I want to try to create that"? Or, I don't know, how did that um, first time? <laughs> what did
2: the? I mean, it truly the first time was definitely an accident. Like, I so I was at my first job and um, I was. Uh, my main thing was like making these social images for the Instagram account. And it was like a different piece of art every day for two Mm -hmm. different accounts. And it was, it was great. I loved to do it. And there's one, um, one day where I was working on tracing paper, which is what I usually do. It's just easier to, you know, to work with. And I had, I had my art, I had drawn the sketch and I had, you know, some other pieces of art around um, nearby. And I, and I, um, took a picture of the main thing. And when I brought it into Photoshop, I saw kind of one of the other pieces covered up by the tracing paper. And when I started to kind of mess with it in Photoshop, I saw like this sketch on the side, start to look kind of funky and cool. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's (laughs) something I kind of like the way that's looking. And so that was kind of like the first time I was like, Oh, I'm going to just try and you know throw things on top of other things and you know see what happens happens. and so I don't know that it it was an accident and I think those like I mentioned those are my favorite my favorite moments and I always kind of feel like a cheater because I didn't like (laughs) I didn't like have some perfect process to get me there but um I don't know I think that's that's kind of what everybody's doing we're all just kind of making it up as we go
0: Right. Totally. Well, it's kind of like that self-discovery too, right? That
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're doing all this stuff that you think you should be doing and all of a sudden this beautiful, happy accident and you're like, oh, oh, I, f- yeah. I feel something here.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I would like to do more of that, please.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's that's where you come into your art and I think that's yeah. so cool. I remember it was, I think I was still in design school. That so one of my professors was like, he's like, I have a feeling. In the next five to eight years, um, people are going to be buying up really old copiers and scanners and taking the work and making really bad copies of things. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't major. seen that really happen yeah. until I saw your work and I was like, wait a second.
3: <laughs> he was wrong. <right.
0: laughs> <did>. That's exactly <laughs> what he was talking about. And it looks so yeah. cool. It looks so awesome. And it's just... yeah. Anyway, it I mean, no, and he making was making their he was photos right, I'm grainy.
1: Like, and...
2: Yep. yep." <laughs> I'm like on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace like every other week trying to find a an old like, <laughs> scanner or copier so I can mess with so that stuff. Cool.
1: So <laughs> oh, so I love that. Cool. That's one big thing we've learned with this podcast is I think almost every guest has said, I wish I had known that nobody knows what they're doing.
3: Mm-hmm. We're
1: all just figuring it out. And I love yeah. how... A lot of people use supplies as an excuse. Like, I don't know how to use Photoshop. And so I can't do that. Or I don't have enough money to purchase these fancy brushes. And I love how you're like, okay, this is where I'm at. How can I use this?
2: Yeah.
1: Because those limitations are... How we get ideas, right?
2: Definitely, I think uh, the the constraints can definitely free you. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people. Uh, I mean, it's like dealing with clients when <laughs> they're like, "Do whatever you want." You just oh. you know,
0: it's and like that's like freeze. that to me
2: is yeah. It's just like I don't, no, I don't want that. Give me, <laughs> give me, <a> couple, <laughs> give me some guardrails because then I can really. It's you know, it's more of a challenge. It's more fun, and that's I think can be more freeing than than no guardrails at all.
1: Totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So what's your favorite part about all of this, about what you do?
0: What kind of keeps you going, keep choosing to do this creative work?
2: Oh, man. I, I mean, I kind of feel like every other week I see another designer who's decided to quit design, and so I'm like, do I need to quit design? But <laughs> the thing that... <laughs> I, I mean, like... Ade is working at a bike shop now because he's just, like, sick of it. And I'm like, I I feel that sometimes. But I think I I get recharged by, like, anything but design and, like, the art process. Just, like, I don't have any hobbies besides, like, being around good people and having great conversations. And I think that's kind of what inspires me in my art. And helps me grow as a person. Because I think me learning about myself is kind of what fuels a lot of my art. And I think I can learn about myself by learning about other people and, you know, kind of being in community with other people. So I don't, that felt like a weird way to get to the answer. But (laughs) uh, I I think it. it can be exhausting sometimes, like only surrounding yourself with art things and being inspired by art things. Right. Um, it's nice to kind of take a breath and get recharged outside of that world
1: yeah that's so true so do you have something you do in your creative process where when you get stuck how do you get unstuck do you have like do you just step away do you push through how do you stay motivated in the process
2: I think when I was first starting out, my, my move was to just like push through it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I'll, I'll grow by pushing through these and I'll, you know, pushing through the hard things. is just going to help me to, you know, keep getting better. And I think that that is kind of leaning into that hustle mentality a little bit. And so I think now when I get stuck, I try to just kind of walk away, um, Mm. You know, and again, just do something that's not art related, not design related, just something that gives my brain a, a second oh, to please. breathe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so cool. You
0: know I always love hearing the answer to that question because it's so different. Everyone does it so differently. And I'm kind of the same way that if I need a break, I do like anything but art <laughs> <laughs> or i like pick something i've literally never done before so mm-hmm. it forces me to like be completely vulnerable and play and but then there are other people too who are like oh yeah well oh, i just push through you know <laughs> i just i just yeah. keep going until it's done yeah. and we're like yeah and anything anything that works for you is exactly right
2: yeah it's really well and i think yeah. too that there's like times when you have to push through like if you -hmm. know I'm working on a deadline and it's for a client like you gotta just do it and I think it's not ideal but there I think there's a time and place for that type of work but I think in my personal work I'm I have the privilege of because I have a full time job I don't have to necessarily make my personal work rely on money coming in so I can kind of you know take a step away and take a break if it's needed yeah
0: yeah Yeah. do you ever think you're going to kind of transition over to just doing freelance lettering your own personal work versus working a nine-to-five or do you think that you like that stability and then that freedom to do your creative work the way you want
2: um I think no matter what I love the stability (laughs) I think having financial (laughs) stability and like benefit like health benefits like Mm -hmm. I love that in either case I think my goal is to work in the direction where I can afford those you know have that financial stability and be able to provide those benefits for myself Mm -hmm. with my freelance and I think that I have not always wanted to be full-time freelance just because I didn't think it was even a possibility um Mm -hmm. 'Cause before last year, like before stuff kinda blew up, I was not making, you know, anywhere close to enough money to support myself and now, you know, I am and so it's something I can start to kinda plan for and think about. Um so that it's it's something I would like to do in the future, but I you know, I wanna pay off student loans and and right. make sure <laughs> I can, you know, keep paying for my house and my car and, you know, all the all that good stuff. So I think it'll happen probably but Maybe. I'm not I'm not in a rush to, to to make that jump just yet
3: cool
1: Do you have any projects you're working on that you're excited about right now
2: um, I am I right now I only have really one project that I'm working on that I'd, I I I am not sure that I'm allowed to talk about yet because it's um, it'll it'll kind of launch next year but I am waiting for a project I finished up last summer to kind of release, um, which was with Nickelodeon. Um, I got to brand um, Lele, which is a a young rapper who has has a new show coming out with Nickelodeon. And so I got to brand her and they're kind of creating the show. They're doing merch. She's going to release music. And so I'm really excited to kind of see what they end up doing with with the branding and and hopefully that stuff kind of starts rolling out here pretty soon so i don't know it's it might it might be some of my favorite work that i've i've done so i'm excited to see it cool
1: i'm excited to see it that's amazing (laughs) um where do you see your business in the future in like five years
2: that's that's a tough question i think i am this this year might be like the first time in my life i don't really know what the next five years looks like i think um i've just been so fortunate in the last year that i've gotten to work with a lot of kind of some bucket list clients and um, projects and so now i'm like okay i did i did all the dream things now i gotta make new dreams and see what that looks like for the next five years so i do not know um but maybe maybe i'll be full-time freelance and in five years maybe i'll have you know other designers that i work with under simon and moose and maybe it's maybe it'll look exactly the same as it does now in five years <laughs> i've i haven't quite figured it out yet
0: cool. that's really cool my, i was gonna ask do you have, like, if you could choose any client in, like, the whole world, what would a dream project look like for you? Like, either a specific client or a type of client or a type of work?
2: I don't know. I think I I got to work on, um, I got to be a part of a, a very small part of a team that got to do some stage design for Meg The Stallion. Um for SNL, which was really cool. And so I think it'd be nice to do some music stuff, but like for people, for musicians, people have actually heard of, um, (laughs) because like, I always love to do that stuff, but uh, the music industry does not pay well and have, have, at least in my experience not been great to work with um like their management has not been great to work with so uh, that might be different with larger artists it might be worse it might be better but i think that would be i think that like i really love music and so i think it would be really cool to kind of create work for musicians that you know i enjoy
0: that was really cool would you ever want to do like cover art or more just I don't know. Was it Stefan Sagmeister? He was did all like the record label cover art and that kind of stuff. And that was kind of his thing for a while. And yeah, would you want to do something like that or would it be like different types of art or content?
2: I think I'm just curious. I think I, just... I would enjoy doing um like cover art and like mm-hmm. packaging design for for artists. Like that I think would be a lot of fun and kind of stretch stretch the skill set beyond just lettering um so I don't know I think that would be would be fun and then like merch stuff would be is always so fun but again it's just like there's like no money in merch and apparel stuff
1: (laughs) I feel like your your style would go really well for cover art for bands
3: that seems yeah, like a I,
2: really good fit. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, especially in an increasingly digital and streaming world, it would be nice to kind of ground people's artwork back down with some some stuff like mine, I think.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: That's so really cool. cool. I'm, I'll okay. wait, I'll wait for the day your cover art comes out and I'll buy it. Just so I can like, put it on my wall. Yes. <laughs> oh, speaking of merch, you make your own. You make your own products, right? Is that right? Like you have T-shirts and your signs and flags and stuff that you put out.
2: Yeah, I'm, that's that is one thing I would like to do actually in the next five years. to yeah. Kind of expand that. Um, I have like a lot of little stickers, and I I made some mm-hmm. banners recently um, and some teas. So that's something I would like to do more. I just cannot figure out my audience I don't know what they want because I you know I I like will mock up a t-shirt or something and and put up a poll like who's interested in something like this and get great engagement and then I'll produce the stuff and like get five sales and so I need to like
1: it's so hard figure
2: out the you know what what that uh uh algorithm is for what what my audience is interested in, and hopefully I can expand that. Like, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Hellcats. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's just sure. uh, a couple designers who, you know, they have a little shop, a little boutique, and it's you know teas and candles and flags and all this stuff. Mm. And I would love to do um, something like that and and get to that point. But I, got, I have some work to do, I guess. <laughs>
1: It's definitely doable I do feel like it's hard to figure it out though like you're saying your audience
2: yeah
1: I think that's
0: something that a lot maybe not a lot but some people have talked about on this podcast is that people will get really excited for the things that they create and then they go to sell it and people are like yeah no
1: not, not, that yeah.
0: no, not that excited not that excited I think it looks cool but I'm not going to yeah. buy it right
2: <laughs> yeah I think I just got to find that, that sweet spot of like making things I enjoy and then mm-hmm. you know hopefully it, it resonates with folks in a way that they can also enjoy it
1: yeah it's also what somebody's
3: looking for
2: yeah yeah I think it's I also have, would like to explore things beyond like a poster and a t-shirt you know like yeah that's that's obviously a great way to display art and it's an easy uh format to design for but I think people want to use things and um I would like to just design things for uh stuff that people actually need
3: cool
0: like what kind of things I'm like trying to think like
2: I don't know. <laughs> <Pants>? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I feel like a mug is probably like uh, a safe thing that mm-hmm. people, you yeah. know, obviously. Cuz I collect mugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I collect mugs too. So I think that like that's that's an easy win. I, I just need to find other pieces <laughs> like that, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, there's stuff out there. I just gotta, I gotta figure it out.
1: Totally, you, you will. You will. You will. (laughs) I feel it. I'm excited to watch. (laughs) Um, Okay, Steph, is there anything else you wanted to ask before we wrap up? No, I just, I think you're really cool. I think you're really (laughs) fun. I love watching, you
0: know, your work and all of your accomplishments you've done. And um, I wanted to ask a little bit, like, having having a platform to kind of come up, and you kind of all of a sudden your work blew up, you started being able to do all of this stuff. Um, do you feel like you have a why behind um, what you do, what you say, the work that you put out? Like, is there like a underlying reason um, and a voice that you use? I'm just so curious.
2: I think that's, that's another thing I'm trying to figure out because... Mm-hmm. Um, because of the specific like moment in which my work was suddenly noticed, it feels yeah. like I do, I do have a voice. Like I am passionate about, you know, social justice issues, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. because that's when people found me, it kind of feels like I'm boxed into right, that like being the only now. part of my voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to say other things besides, you know, those, those things, you know, topics, or talk about those topics, but yeah. I, I, because I'm still trying to figure it out for myself, I don't, I just don't know what I, what else I have to say at, at this moment. Um, <laughs> so I think right now the why is kind of um, the social justice issues, because those are the things mm-hmm. that make me angriest right now.
1: Um, yeah, the strong but, feelings.
2: Yeah, I just don't, I just don't want to be um, pigeonholed into that being the only thing I can say that people engage with.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: You know I'm always curious because when an artist, um, blows up and they have their work be discovered and, um, they kind of feel like that, or they kind of feel, um, I don't know, like if they don't create the work or use the same platform or use the same voice that originally got them all the attention, um, that yeah like no one's gonna like it or like yeah I know this is not really a great like example but like I had a reel that I made on Instagram like Mm -hmm. go crazy viral and then I like couldn't make another one for like a month because I was like these people expect me to make whatever (laughs) it is I made they really really liked it. Uh, I don't know if I can keep delivering that because that's only a small portion of who I am and what I want to bring to this platform.
2: Right. Yeah, the, I mean that's that's yeah, I that's the problem. I feel like I'm I'm stuck in now. Like when I sit down in the evenings to to work on something, I'm I don't know what to say because I know that if I say something other than like Black Lives Matter, like nobody's gonna like it, and mm. it feels. Obviously I'm too driven by, uh, what people are going to like, but I, I mean, that, that's part of the business of that's life. Like
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is survival. That is human nature. That's just how we are. Like we know that in order to be, uh, survive, we have to be accepted Mm -hmm. and in order to be accepted, we have to be liked. In order to do that, we have to do things that people keep liking and accepting
3: And that's just survival.
0: Like, that's human nature. But that's all I was saying. Go ahead, Lauren. Sorry.
1: It's just hard for me to even recognize the reason I'm making something. Like, is it because last time I posted this, it got a lot of likes? Mm -hmm. Or is it because I actually am enjoying this? I don't know. Sometimes those lines get blurred of what I like and is fulfilling to me and what I know other people like and want to see me doing.
2: Yeah. It's it's hard. I kinda wonder what like our worlds would look like if we didn't have such a visible um like form of engagement, like if we didn't yeah. know that there was three hundred and twenty three people who liked the thing I made you know, last week. Yeah. Would I would it look different? Would it would I feel different making the work? I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's that
0: same thing things? too. Yeah, it's like, would you? What would you be doing if you knew that no one was going to see it?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, would you still be doing what you're doing?
2: Yeah.
0: I or, don't even know. Like, <laughs> like,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I probably would so be so used to sharing everything, making though. art, maybe.
1: Yeah, because like, I don't
3: know.
0: Part of it for me it's is like really being able hard. to share it. Like, I'm like, this yeah. is really cool. Think other people are also gonna find this cool and that's how i find my people you know
3: yeah oh yeah. you yeah. think
0: this spaghetti art is cool we should be friends like, <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> it's <Right>. cool
2: <laughs> yeah i feel like i want to be like um you know all cool and say that i just make art just to make art but i make art mm-hmm. because i like to be affirmed by other people which is so totally. terrible but like that's i, I mean, that's it's true like yeah. most people and so i have
1: to have that yeah, validation
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it so, if that wasn't there, I don't even know that. I don't. know I would be making art. I'd probably be making like candles or something. Who knows? <laughs>
3: right? Yeah.
0: I know. I think I would make giant canvas art. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I have no I idea. No, I don't. We're know. in this world, right?
2: Yeah. We, it's hard to see outside. It is. Yeah.
0: I recently is. turned off the likes. They have that option where you can turn off mm-hmm. seeing yeah. the likes. And it's been very interesting. Like, I actually think about it. Like, I'm like, do I like this? Or was I going to like it? Because 14,000 other people also
1: liked it.
3: Mm. Yeah. It's and true. It changes the way
1: you think about it. It's like you're just scrolling and you're like, whoa, that was a lot of likes. Oh, I guess that is cool. You know? And you wouldn't. Yeah. Have... It's it's like if there's a crowd of people around something, it becomes really important. <laughs>
2: it's a it's, as opposed to it's spooky
3: yeah it's like it's how, crazy how, how much, much it drives
2: power. our yeah
3: yep but social it's, media it's <laughs> <thing. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we can't we can't not be in it unfortunately no, no. <laughs>
1: we can here. take breaks though <laughs> that's true sometimes i gotta take breaks can you though can you i don't know i'm, <laughs> I'm doing it so hopefully <laughs>
0: Hopefully, I can. I'm always okay. That's it. That's all. I just wanted to talk about. (laughs) I love
1: it. I don't want to take too much of your time. But is there anything else you wanted to share or plug or anything? Where can we find you online? Yes. Where can we find you online? I Uh, always
2: just Simon and Moose. Everything at Simon and Moose on most of the social channels and Simon and Moose.com. Yep. Easy breezy, Perfect.
1: easy breezy, awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming to chat with us so much. Yeah, yeah I wish we could stay amazing. and just keep chatting, but we were gonna. <laughs> I know. Be respectful of <laughs> everyone's <laughs> time. <laughs> Stick to the hour. Yeah. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you so much. I'm excited to see your upcoming launches yeah. and
2: yeah. where you go with products. And yeah, keep an eye out. I'm. I'll be keeping an eye out to see if I. <laughs> <laughs> Making progress doing anything myself. So. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, awesome. Seriously,
0: it was awesome to
1: talk to you. It was
2: so yeah. good to meet you. And
1: yeah,
2: good to meet you guys too.
1: All right. Do you guys love Simone or do you love Simone? She rocks. All right, you guys. No reviews to read this week. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it would truly make my whole entire life if you would leave a review. Share about it on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook. I don't know where the cool kids are hanging out these days. I don't think it's Facebook. <laughs> Alright, we'll see you guys next week. Oh, do you want to hear who's coming on next week? Next week we are hearing from, let's see, it's Phoebe and Roxy from Panda super excited for you to hear that interview jenna aka lady right raved about them in her interview and they actually reached out to me which i was super excited about okay talk to next week to stay up to date on all things design beat you can visit us at designbeatpodcast.com and join our mailing list there you can also follow us on instagram at designbeatpodcast see you there